At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try out a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at BetRivers. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Detroit CityCast with Dan Leach, presented by BetRivers. What's going on, fine citizens? Welcome into the Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit CityCast. Great to have you with me. I got my COVID test back. Negative. I was in the jungle land of Florida. Beautiful state. Most of its most of its uh, areas. And their numbers are exploding like they are in many places, including here in Michigan. And the test is negative. So hopefully that stays that way. Uh, and we got so much to get to on the show today. The updated Dan Campbell Approval poll numbers. I got some tips and tricks and great spots for you if you're going down to Miami or Orlando for Disney World. And kind of a recap of the Michigan season, where it started, where it went, and where it hopefully is going, including all this late, you know, Harbaugh news and maybe he's thinking about going to the NFL. Uh, let's take a trip to the Motown betting window first, though. It's brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. And I, I want to tell you now that the bowl season is officially over. As far as the, the main part, except for the national title game, we'll, of course, you know, pick that game as well. But I did end 26-12 and 12 in the bowl season. Remember, we said we're going to pick every game. I, I didn't want you to necessarily bet every game. We had a bunch of one-stars, but we did lose the one five-star. That was Michigan. But we won a ton of four-stars and three-stars and did really well with our one-stars as well and finished 26-2 and two against the spread. And unfortunately, there were some bowl games that were canceled, five that were canceled that kind of hurt uh, the overall numbers, I think it would have done even better for you. But 26-12 and 12 in our bowl picking against the spread. We've had a great year overall in college and a great year overall in the NFL. We'll get some more NFL picks coming up in Week 18. Let's take a look at the games for tonight. Pistons, I told you, stay away from them against Charlotte. They got their asses kicked last night. Just too many injuries. I'm going to say the same thing tonight. Memphis is playing some great basketball. Right now, the Grizzlies minus 13 at Bet Rivers, minus 112. Pistons, plus 13, minus 110. I see zero value in that. I know it's a back-to-back, which makes it even less value for me. And uh, I'll tell you right now, this is uh, a Pistons team that needs to get some of its guys back because it's been very, very frustrating as of late uh, for this team. And, you know, Cade, Mac- Mac- Cade McNamara, Cade Cunningham has been playing some good basketball. One of the youngest ever ever triple-double. 
uh, and Young is for the, the you know for a Piston, but just too many missing players in this one. Uh, and lately for the Pistons, who had just definitely been playing some better basketball when Jeremy Grant before he got hurt. Uh, and Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart's been banged up, and uh, just too many injuries for this team right now. The total, by the way, 218, uh, over minus 108, under minus 113. The Red Wings get back in action, and, and this is a team that, you know, they've got a real shot to make it to the playoffs. Probably as a wild card if they do it, uh, but the Red Wings are playing some really, really good hockey right now, and... As we uh, record today on a Thursday afternoon, the up to the second standings have the Red Wings right on the outside of that wild card spot, a point behind the Bruins. They're 16, 15, and 3 with 35 points. Uh, and they did win their last game, but they're only 4 and 6 in their last 10. They did beat the Sharks with those back to back shorthanded goals. Now they will play the Anaheim, or yeah, the Anaheim, I was going to say the Muddy Ducks, and they're really just the Ducks these days. No more Disney angle on that one. Uh, and right now at Bet Rivers, you got the, the money line for Anaheim minus 124. And you've got the Wings comeback plus 106. This is the 10 p.m. Eastern start coming up later tonight. Ducks on the season 18, 11, and 7 as a helicopter sounds really loud, very close to us here in the Squatch compound. Uh, they're second in the Pacific Division. Wings, as I mentioned, 16, 15, and 3. They're fifth in the Atlantic Division. Uh, Anaheim on a three-game losing streak. The puck line could be some value here for the Red Wings. I mean, you have to lay a lot of cash. Ducks minus 1.5 plus 205. Red Wings plus 1.5 and you're getting minus 250. I don't think the Wings are going to lose this game by more than a goal, but that's a lot of money to lay. I think I would just have a small flyer on the Wings plus the 106. The Ducks are not playing that great of hockey right now, even though they got a better record than the Red Wings. The total of this game, 5.5 goals over even money. Under 5.5 Minus 118. The latest national championship game line. Georgia still minus 3 right now. Bet Rivers minus 109. Bama plus 3 minus 112. Money line Georgia minus 143. Bama plus 116. The total has been sticking at 51.5 for a while now. 51.5 over minus 113. And the under minus 108. Some sharp money is coming in on Georgia. We will have a full preview and prediction on this game coming up on the Manic Monday show the night of the national title game. And... The Lions, some interesting news in the Lions-Packers game as Matt LaFleur has got the best three-year win total record. He's got 39 wins, one better than George Seifert's 38 in the history of NFL head coaches. He said he is going to play his stars. Even though the Packers have nothing to play for, they flinched the number one spot in the NFC and they're going to get the bye. We don't know how long he's going to play his stars for, but that's why the Lions went from probably being a two-point favorite if everyone's going to sit so now a three and a half point underdog. Packers minus three and a half at Bet Rivers, minus one twelve. The Lions plus three and a half at home at Ford Field, Week eighteen, minus one hundred nine. Uh, Money line Green Bay minus one seventy five. The comeback on Detroit plus one fifty, and the total is forty four and a half. Uh, both sides minus one ten. No opinion on the total as of now. I'm looking more into some different numbers, but I know listen. Green Bay has won five in a row against the Lions after the Lions have won four in a row against Green Bay. One of the longest Lions. Win streaks against Green Bay in the history of the series. This line is where it should be. You just don't know how long the starters are going to play for. If Green Bay goes up 21 to nothing, I'm sure they're going to pull them all out. But as of right now, I just don't see any value in this game. Yeah, it's the Lions' final game. They're at home. They're going to play this game tough. But Green Bay is just such a well-oiled machine. The Super Bowl favorite right now, surpassing the Bills and the Chiefs in recent weeks. And, you know, if anything, maybe you, you consider 
teasing the lines up to nine and a half because they will probably have a better chance in the second half to make this a close game if they're down or possibly even win it. But as of this moment on this Thursday, I don't think there's a, a much, much value on either side in this game. The line's probably where it should be. And if Green Bay, what if they play Aaron Rodgers into the third you know, quarter and Green Bay's up by 28 points? So I, I, the only thing I'm thinking about is maybe teasing Detroit because uh, there's some other games I'm going to talk about more on the Football Friday show that I would like to tease that with you know a three or four team teaser in Week 18 because we know Week 18 is so tough with so many teams that are not playing for anything and obviously a lot of teams that are playing for something and a lot of games where two teams are playing each other and only one can make the playoffs. So there's a lot of interesting you know uh, storylines, if you will, for Week 18 games, but this is not one of them. And the fact that LaFerre is saying he's going to play his starters and stars uh, in a game that means nothing for Green Bay, if anyone gets hurt... Boy, is he going to be just ridiculed and filleted. But that's where we're at right now in our trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. And I want to give you the updated poll numbers uh, before we get into Michigan season and the tips and tricks and great uh, things that I was able to experience on my uh, way down in Miami, the Squatch Ticket South Beach, as well as at Disney World as well. We're getting all of that coming right up. But the latest approval poll numbers, we've done this every week going back to Early in the season, 79% approved Dan Campbell through 17 weeks. 21% disapprove Dan Campbell. And, you know, we've had a lot of different comments throughout this, uh, you know, last several weeks of doing this poll. Here's one from Michael A. Beaton. He says he's been coaching with two-thirds of the roster uh, money. His teams are mentally tough. Actually, given the circumstances, he probably overperformed. Need to see how he does with a real roster. But he's fine for now, if you want to leave a comment or vote in that poll, please go to uh, at DanLeach971 on Twitter. All right, coming right up, we will take a look back at what this Michigan football season was, what it became, and what it hopefully will continue to be going forward under, hopefully, Jim Harbaugh, if you're a Wolverine fan. That might not be the case come opening day 2022. All that coming right up here on the Throwdown Thursday edition of the Detroit CityCast, brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. So I thought today would be a good day. We just got back from Florida. We've had time to kind of, you know, think about what transpired in the last week or so with the Michigan Wolverines and the very, obviously, poor performance against Georgia. But a time to take a look back at the season. And, you know, going back to the preseason, when I... Predicted Michigan would go nine and three, and it said on the various different Detroit City casts leading up to both college and pro uh, this season when it came to football that I was the lowest I'd been on both the Lions and the Wolverines in my entire broadcasting career, probably my entire life. I mean, there were definitely years where I was lower on Michigan or lower on the Lions, but never a year I was low on both. I think the Lions to go four and thirteen. I think Michigan to go nine and three, and I had been harping on 
respecting Jim Harbaugh as a coach. He obviously has been a great coach, was in San Francisco, was a perennial Power 5 doormat at Stanford before he got there. St. Diego, San Diego in the FCS, back-to-back 11 win years. They weren't any good before he got there. The guy is obviously a great coach, but he had not been a great coach at Michigan. He had some great games, but in the 10 biggest games, which I ended up re-ranking after the Ohio State win this year, I felt they were all losses. Trouble with the snap, the Michigan State game this year, all the New Year's Six losses, New Year's Six bowl game losses, because the other round was important as going to the playoff, but those were important games. Iowa, uh, all the Ohio State games, they were all losses. And Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines, with his new defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald at a farm, with Gaddis calling brilliant games, with the, the players so connected to each other and him, with the emergence, I mean, obviously we knew Hutchinson was good last year, but the true emergence of him this year, the definite emergence of Ojabo, both of those guys obviously have declared for the draft. You know, you start with Western Michigan, it's running all over the place. Corm had 111 that game, they beat him 47-14. Then, Washington, night game, ABC, under the lights. Washington came in, top 25 team. You know, people thought Michigan was going to lose that game. Cade McNamara did have to throw the ball much because Michigan ran the ball for like 800 yards. Corbett 171 in that game. Michigan over 300 yards rushing. It was incredible. They went 31 to 10. That was a party. Then they destroyed Northern Illinois, 63 to 10. Corum, by the way, threw three games over 400 yards. 400 yards in three games. He had 125 in that one. And then, you know, the Rutgers game. Definitely a little sleepwalking. They win the game 20 to 13. Cade McNamara had a better game as he improved throughout the you know early part of the season, each and every game. Blake Cormoli had 68 yards to lead Michigan rushers in that one. But, you know, all the even good, you know, the best teams, Georgia and some others, they, they had games where they weren't playing as good as they definitely could have. And Michigan had come out and scored almost hundred, what was it, 150 or so points in the first three games. They definitely had a letdown against a Rutgers team that actually was a little better than people thought they would be. Then we get into the period here where Michigan would have lost these games in any other Harbaugh year because they did lose these games in any other Harbaugh year. Wisconsin hadn't won in 20 years. It's 2001. They go in there. Wisconsin, at that point, a top 10 ranked team. It's a Wisconsin team that or I'm sorry, a top 25 ranked team, a Wisconsin team that, you know, had always been able to run over Michigan. And this would have been Michigan's first upset. I think, I know Wisconsin was only ranked in one poll, but they were still definitely ranked in the top 25. Michigan had beaten the top 25 team on the road. And they were an underdog in this game. And Michigan ran all over Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, it was more of a passing day. Haskins on the team with 47 yards uh, rushing on the ground. But you had Moody with a bunch of field goals. You had that big Cornelius Johnson 34 yard pass from Kate McNamara. You had a J.J. McCarthy one-yard touchdown run. You had another Cornelius Johnson 13-yard touchdown pass. The huge Dalen Baldwin pass, uh, 56-yarder from McCarthy late in the fourth quarter. How about at the end of the third going into the fourth, Michigan dancing around to jump, you know, jump around, which I'd never seen any other team do. And they win their first game as an underdog. I think that they closed as a one-and-a-half-point underdog. They win their first game as an underdog since 2015. They were the only team in the FBS to not win a single game as an underdog since 2015. Every other team, whether it was Eastern or San Diego State, uh, or I'm sorry, San Jose State, San Diego State's pretty good. Uh, you know, App State, uh, 
whoever you want to throw out there, some of the, the worst teams, Rutgers, they had all won games as underdogs. The Wolverines had not. It's a monkey off your back against Wisconsin. It's a monkey on your back off your back against a, you know as an underdog. It was a monkey off Harbaugh's team's backs as winning a game that so many thought they would not win. They won in a dominating fashion. They moved to 5-0 and they're easily a top 10 team. And then it's a, another game the following week at night at Nebraska. Another game that Michigan would have lost in the first six years under Harbaugh. And yes, it got dicey late. You had by far Kate McNamara's best game of his career. And you had the first time that McNamara threw interception. It was late in the game. He'd get to throw an interception in his entire career. Michigan started this game 13-0. You know, Nebraska got themselves back and then scored that touchdown uh, at the end of the third quarter to make it 22-19. But then Michigan came right back with that brilliant Blake Corb run where he's, you know, hurdling people. Uh, the 29-yarder to take the lead 26-22. But then Martinez came back for Nebraska. They took the lead back. But then two Jake Moody field goals get the job done. And Michigan moves to 6-0, and top 10 in the country. And you know what we're coming towards here. It's an easy game against uh, uh, Northwestern before the Wolverines play the Spartans. Both teams 7-0. Both teams ranked in the top 10 for the first time in forever. At Michigan State, such hype. Game day there. You know, the big nude Fox game crew is there. Barstool Sports is there. Everyone was there. I was there. And I'll tell you, that was one of those games that did disappoint. Michigan did have a 16-point lead. They ended up losing, and you thought, okay, it's a game they gave away. They should have won. Uh, you know, are they going to start going into a tailspin? They had some easier games against teams that weren't performing the way that people thought they would, like Indiana, Penn State, and Maryland. But there still was stuff out there for you. And Michigan comes back the next week, takes down Indiana at night at Michigan Stadium in some rainy conditions at times, 29-7. Haskins had 168 yards rushing in that game. Then at Penn State, another one of those vintage games that the Wolverines would not have won in years past under Harbaugh. They they find a way against Penn State, even though Penn State probably played one of the best games of the season. McNamara, another solid game. 21-17, the win there. Haskins, 156 yards on the ground. So it's been this kind of trade-off because Corum, I know, been banged up for a minute. Corum having a great start of the season. Haskins, a great end of the season. And then Michigan just destroyed Maryland to move to 10-1. 59-18, McNamara. Uh, 259 yards passing. Haskins almost had 100 yards in the ground. Michigan was scoring left and right and, and just looked like one of the better teams in the country. So now you come to the Ohio State game. And we all know what has gone on in recent years with Michigan against the Buckeyes. They just haven't won. One time in 14 years. Buckeyes ranked two. Michigan ranked five. And this game, for all the marbles, with the Big Ten East. If Michigan wins this game, they are going to Indianapolis. If the Buckeyes win this game, then, you know, they're going to Indianapolis. And I'll never forget the feeling of being there and what that was like. The weather, similar to 97. The atmosphere, similar to 97, which to me was the biggest previous game as far as hype and importance at, at, at Michigan Stadium. Uh, in the Wolverines' history before this one. And, you know, the Buckeyes had been blasting teams. Yes, they had had issues at times throughout the year, like when they lost to Oregon 
early in the season, but they recovered and started just destroying teams. You know, putting 59 on Purdue after Purdue had beaten Michigan State. You know, putting 56 on Michigan State and what was it 42 to nothing at one point in the first half. No one picking the Wolverines. I mean, I picked them to win 42-39. There were a few of us that did, but no one thought Michigan had a chance. And I, I truly did pick them, not as a homer. I picked them because I really believed the way Michigan was playing in that defense and what they could do on the run game, they had a real chance. And not only did Michigan beat Ohio State, they bloodied them. They dominated them. Haskins, five touchdowns. Five touchdowns for Hassan Haskins. 487 total yards for Michigan. Michigan did turn the ball over once. Buckeyes, none. But Michigan was in control for that opening touchdown from A.J. Henning, uh, the 14-yard touchdown run. Then they got that huge Hassan Haskins touchdown run with Ohio State looking like they were getting back into it. They go into the half, Michigan up by a point. Then it was all the Wolverines. Back-to-back Haskins touchdowns in about six and a half minutes of game time to make it 28-13 Michigan. Buckeyes did cut it to, to eight early in the fourth quarter. But then you had two more Haskins touchdowns and that touchdown with about nine minutes left to make it 35-20. to 20. In that stadium, I'm sitting next to my good friend Dan Serlin and his father and another you know, 90-plus thousand of our closest friends. There were about 10-plus thousand Buckeye fans there that day. We're, we're looking at each other saying, this is actually going to happen. And just the amazing feeling of being on there on that, on that field after the game and storming the field for the first time since 97. First time it was warranted since 97. Michigan's first Big Ten championship since 2004. And the, their first chance to go to Indy. You know, all the old Spartan and Buckeye jokes. Yeah, your GPS doesn't work. Doesn't know how to get to Indy. Well, that's out the window. And then going from that to be able to travel to Indy myself, uh, back with my good friend Dan and his father, and beating a top 10 defense in Iowa 42-3, to and getting to the playoff, it's just incredible. And yes, Michigan gets to the playoff and met a, you know ran into just a, a better team. And you saw both lines for Georgia and, and Michigan, or both lines for Georgia defensively and offensively, were just beasts. Hutchinson really couldn't do much. Ojabba didn't really do anything. McNamara you know, tried his best, but couldn't really, a lot of drop passes. And it just gets you thinking about this. The Wolverines before this season went from People like me, you know, longtime fans and people that have covered the team for a long time as well, thinking they had, you know, I remember speaking with Angelique Changalas, our good friend, the, the beat writer from uh, Michigan for the Detroit News. She had them winning seven games. I had, I had a lot of people in the media that I respect having winning seven or eight games as well. And to go from that to see what this team did to be able to come together under Harbaugh's stewardship, he finally kind of backed away some of the reins and, you know, wasn't being too much of the puppeteer and just letting his coordinators and, and position coaches do their thing. The emergence of Donovan Edwards, the emergence of, of Cade McNamara throughout the season, the you know improvement of J.J. McCarthy was a kind of a change of pace quarterback, could run, could throw, and, and definitely seems like he's the future for the team. We'll get into that in a minute and what I think happens there. This was a coming out party and a monumental growth season. And this is where Michigan could be headed to long-term viable contention if this was, wasn't a fluke. I don't think it was. But there are a lot of questions that need to be asked. And the biggest one is Jim Harbaugh. Is this a money ploy? The rumors about the NFL, is he going to go to the NFL? Remember, if he comes back for year eight, it'd be twice as long as the, his longest jobs combined, San Francisco and Stanford. I mean, if Harbaugh leaves now, this this that will be a massive issue for the Wolverines. You don't know who the next head coach would be. Would Gattis still be there? Would Donald still be there? It's kind of like all these dominoes would start to fall. I don't think he's going to leave. 
But that's a big question that we'll be discussing and talking about going forward. Someone that I think is going to leave is Cade McNamara. Cade McNamara did everything that was asked from him. He's definitely a solid quarterback, but he's not as talented, raw ability as J.J. McCarthy is. This should be J.J. McCarthy's team. Now, you listen to this show throughout the year, you know that I would kind of calm down all the we-need-to-start-J.J. crowd people because you can't take that away from Cade in the middle of the season, especially before the Michigan State game. Someone wanted J.J. to start the Ohio State game. That's not the way it works. Cade hadn't done things that were worthy of him being benched. He had done the opposite. He played very solid football, rarely turned the ball over. His first interception of his career was in the Nebraska game, week six. But the future definitely seems like it's J.J. McCarthy's. And that probably means we'll see if Cade wants to back him up or, you know, play some of the series here and there, kind of like how Chris Leak and Tim Tebow did. I don't really believe in a two-quarterback system, but it can work in some scenarios. But the most likely thing is Cade McNamara will transfer with the way the portal works these days, and J.J. McCarthy will take over as a sophomore, and Michigan can get right back to the Big Ten title game and the playoff. Yes, losing Ojabo and Hutch and some others is going to hurt, but Michigan continues to recruit very high. They're flipping recruits all over the country. We'll obviously get more to the minutia of uh, the recruiting stuff that's been going on and what the the team's going to look like going forward, you know, as we go forward in the year here. But I think you look at Michigan right now, and they are at a jumping off point where this could be the case pretty much year in, year out. We're not, it's every year Michigan's playing Ohio State for the Big Ten East, but a lot of years they will be. And yes, you respect Michigan State and what Mel Tucker's done there. I still feel like Mel Tucker's pretty unproven in just a, a year and a half, a crazy COVID year. Definitely a, a solid season to end with 11 wins this year, uh, beating a third-string quarterback in the Peach Bowl, by the way. But Michigan State beat Michigan. And they're, Mel Tucker's 2-0 against the Wolverines. The game's in East Lansing again next year. That quirky Big Ten scheduling nonsense. But this is what I think could be a huge moment in the history of Michigan's program where they went for the doldrums for, you know, almost two decades. They win the national title. They win the the Big Ten title in 04. Since then, it has been really inferior play in so many big moments. And this year, a lot of that came shedding off. And if Harbaugh's back, which I do believe he will be, and you got the talent level that Michigan does. And you got J.J. McCarthy at quarterback. And this is with all due respect to Cade McNamara. I, I want nothing but the best for that kid because he's done everything he was asked to do. Brought Michigan to the national championship semifinal. When he was, as far as I was concerned, not an afterthought, but I mean, I didn't think he was going to be as good as Jake Rudock was, which sadly might have been the best quarterback Harbaugh had, who was a transfer from another Big Ten school in Iowa years ago in Harbaugh's first year. So... The program is at this crossroads where I think it's unlikely they're going to go backwards, but it's about this happening for the next several years, not just one year now and maybe in a few years from now, where they are legitimately contending for the East title, which they hadn't been for the last several years. They had a chance as the Chase Winovich Revenge Tour, where they got waxed by Ohio State. There were moments, but they would always lose those big games. And they checked off all those boxes, took care, as Dan Wetzel wrote in that Harbaugh article from uh, the other day we talked about on the show yesterday, took care of all the fa- most of the family business. And now it's about moving this team forward. And I do believe with the way that Michigan and Harbaugh has been able to recruit, having J.J. McCarthy at quarterback, having talent up and down the roster, that, that could be the way this team is going forward. And and that's that's what something I did not think was possible is now probably going to ha- be able to happen because I didn't think Harbaugh could get it done. 
and it was no disrespect to Jim Harbaugh, nothing against him personally. I don't really know him that well personally, but it just didn't seem like he was going to be able to do it in Michigan, and that all went by the wayside this year. When it happened, it went all the way to the semifinal, but it can't just be this one time, and then it never happens for 10 or 11 years. Then you become Iowa, and that's not what Michigan wants or believes they are, and I don't believe they are either. So we'll see what happens in this offseason as Michigan gets ready for what should be a very exciting 2022 and hopefully with Jim Harbaugh still there. And you look at what Michigan has coming up. They got another four straight home games like they did this year. Yeah, I guess that's the way they pay him back for having to play state on the road again. Colorado State on September 3rd at the Big House. Hawaii on September 10th. UConn September 13th. Maryland September 24th. Michigan should easily be 4-0. And then they start getting things going on the road with a game at Iowa, which has tripped them up. In many different ways, they'll be mad about the Big Ten title game result at Penn or excuse, sorry, Penn State at Michigan Stadium on October 8th. Nebraska at Michigan Stadium on October 15th. At Illinois, October 29th. Uh, Indiana on November 12th. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how Michigan starts this season and then, you know, gets things going in the big moments. Uh, you know, you look at the Michigan State game, it's on Saturday, October 22nd at uh, Spartan Stadium for the second year in a row. Michigan obviously will close the season with the Buckeyes as always, but they'll play Rutgers in between that. It's a schedule that if Michigan has the kind of season they did this year, talent-wise and, you know, momentum-wise, they probably won't lose a game going into the Michigan State game. And then, it's about what they could do with the Spartans again, who 16-point lead for Michigan this year, couldn't get the job done, took the pedal off the battle. I think Michigan will hopefully learn from their mistakes in that situation. And then the Buckeyes at Ohio Stadium this year could, again, once again be for the Big Ten East. A lot of fun this season. It was a great ride for me personally. It was tough not having my father with me at the games, which I have for my entire life. He was there in spirit, though, and got a, a great chance to spend time with uh, some really good friends, including my good friend Dan Serlin and his father, uh, and so many others that all are great tailgates. The Swinkies, being able to go to Indy, being able to go, of course, to Miami. Uh, it was a hell of a year. It's what you dream of as a sports fan or a fan of one of your teams. But Michigan has got to keep this going. It can't just be a one-year thing, and then they don't even sniff a chance to get back to Indy for the next three or four or five years. That can't be what happens. Hopefully Harbaugh is in this as well for the long term. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break here. And coming right up, I got some tips and tricks and some of the best things and favorite things I had uh, in my trip to Miami and Orlando. And I got some big words for you if you're going to be going to Disney with your family anytime soon. Get to that coming right up. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 270 7117. Well, the game might have sucked, but everything else about Miami and Orlando and my trip down there was amazing. I thought we could have some fun, and I posted a lot of different pictures and things on social media. You can see them on my, on my Twitter, DailyShiny71. But I know maybe some of you are going to be going down at some point in January going to Disney World at some point in the next, you know, six months to a year. 
and I've got some tips and tricks for you, and I got some places you've got to see and go to in Miami as well. And I'll start with this. There's beaches everywhere, but there were three that I went to, and they were all amazing. Hollywood Beach would probably be my favorite. And it can be a little crazy. That's where I got caught in that Michigan motorcade. Uh, but there's plenty of parking. And there's there's restaurants and shops everywhere. The beach is beautiful, easy to navigate. You can rent chairs. You can rent umbrellas. Hollywood Beach was great. Dania Beach, a little smaller as far as the shoreline to the sand, but still a huge swath of beach as well. That was fantastic. And then Hollandale Beach, a little fancier, nice area out there. Uh, that's kind of more of the center of the city. That was phenomenal as well. So those are three beaches for you. I had some of the best food ever, some of the best meals I've ever had, and it started with the boatyard. Me and my friend Dan got to see the Emeralds Tower, the Emerald Seafood Tower, with oysters and stone crab and lobster tail and ceviche uh, and tuna poke. It was incredible, right on the water, great atmosphere. Went on ladies' night, by the way. I guess ladies drink free from, a, I think it's like 7 to 10. That place was great. Went to the River Oyster Bar, more in the downtown area. That was an incredible restaurant. Uh, went to Papa Papa's Raw Oyster Bar, uh, which is a little closer to Boca. That was phenomenal. I mean, all these meals that we had was so lucky because every place we went to was great. I mean, a lot of times you go to some places, you think they're going to be good, and they're not as good as you hope they are. The reviews say they were all great. And then the other place we went to on the first night in Los Olas, a great place to go. Tons of shops, tons of restaurants, tons of bars, a couple clubs up and down the beach there in Fort Lauderdale. We went to Rocket Sushi. Some of the roles named after famous bands. They had the Yellow Submarine roll, the Wish You Were Here roll, uh, you know, off of Pink Floyd. That was some of the best sushi I've ever had. It was very reasonably priced as well. So those are four restaurants for you to get to uh, for sure. And then, no secret, I love the casino. I know many of you listening have probably been to the Seminole Hard Rock. That is easily one of the greatest casinos, one of the coolest casinos I've ever been to. It is exactly like a a top-level Vegas casino, like an Aria or a Cosmo. I mean, obviously, maybe not as big in certain different areas, uh, you know, gaming floor and some other stuff, but the new Guitar Hotel, the light shows they do, the floor itself, met Ric Flair there. Woo! Um, they have tons of slot machines, tons of table games, great food there, an awesome pool. That I mean, it's a little expensive to stay there, but if you're in Miami, you've got to visit that place. They have a huge poker room as well. I was blown away by how great the uh, Seminole Hard Rock was. And they have this Oculus show where they do it to like different songs from like Muse or Sting and The Police and some others. And they do these these like kind of hologram water shows to music and, and with video in the background. It's just th- that was awesome as well. So definitely check that out. And then, of course, I was able to get myself to Disney World. Hadn't been there in 30 years. Now, I'll tell you this. Some of you that have been there in recent years know this. I did not. And I lucky had a good friend. I give him a shout out. My man, Adam K., who lives in Florida and goes to Disney like once every month normally. It's all on an app now. I mean, yeah, you can still go there and buy tickets, but it's just the way they do it is you buy your tickets online. You have to book a reservation pass. Some of that is because of what's gone on during COVID. They have limited uh, capacity. Now it looks like they're kind of back to, you know, they don't really, you know, sell out the the parks anymore, though Hollywood Studios was sold out. That's where Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars Land, and and some other things are at. That that was on Tuesday when I went. It did get sold out. But they had capacity requirements for a long time during COVID. They might go back to it now with all the numbers exploding in Florida. But as, as things get better, that will be less and less of an issue. But you're able to go on there. You can buy your tickets, make your park reservation. There's a park hopper option. So on the first day, I went to Epcot and was, over to go, was able to go over to the Magic Kingdom. And it's not too much more money. I think it was like $50 more. And you get two parks 
or as many parks as you want in one day. But this is the key. The key is you got to get Genie Plus. It's another $15 a ticket. And it allows you, starting at 7 a.m., to basically book your ride. Whether it's Rise of Resistance, whether it's Smuggler's Run at, at, at Hollywood Studios, whether it's Space Mountain, uh, Spaceship Earth at, at Epcot, whatever it is. And you book that and you have a lightning pass for it. And most times I went on rides with lightning passes, I either walked on them or maybe five minutes or ten minutes when others were waiting two hours or longer. So that's definitely a, a, a tip and a trick you've got to use. And also, what you're able to do is after you book your first one, two hours later, you can book another one and then you can keep booking them as soon as you finish that lightning lane ride. I was able to do it like seven times in one day. It was well worth the $15. And obviously, as things get a little more open and there, there's not as many restrictions, it'll make it easier. But boy, you've got to download that My Disney Experience app. Get your tickets that way. Add the Genie Plus, And it just makes it so much more enjoyable. You can book restaurants on there. You can order mobile food. Like I ordered from this one place. I got this great you know, seafood basket with fish and chips and shrimp and other things. I got my food in like two minutes. And if you didn't do it that way, you had to wait like an hour. So it just makes it so much easier, but it's definitely a little, you know, tricky to learn how to navigate right away. Once you do it, especially if you're traveling with a bunch of kids, it makes your trip so much more enjoyable. And I'll tell you, I was able to build my own droid. Rise of the Resistance, one of the greatest rides I've ever been on in my life. Smuggler's Run was awesome as well. All the stuff at Epcot and Magic Kingdom. Boy, it just, it was as magical as it was when I was a kid in just a different way. Now, I don't drink. I know some of you do. If you drink, going to Epcot and all the countries... That makes it a lot, you know, a, a great experience for you. You can try different, uh, you know, alcohols and beverages from all the different countries, whether it's France or Norway or Russia or Japan, uh, Morocco, whatever it is. Star Wars Land and Galaxy's Edge, you can get the blue milk that you saw in the original Star Wars with Luke, you know, living with his Aunt Faru and Uncle Owen. Uh, you know, you can get these special Coke and Sprite bottles that are shaped, like, you know, like your little droids and have the Star Wars language on it. It, looking at the seeing the Millennium Falcon and, and Tie Fighters, and it's just you feel like you're in a Star Wars movie. There's sounds going on. It, it was just incredible. It's an incredible experience. So if you're a Star Wars nut, you got to check that out. But boy, is the Magic Kingdom and the fireworks and the rides as great as it ever was, and the parades. Yeah, the characters got to stay socially, you know, distance these days uh, compared to what it's been like in the past. Hopefully, they'll get better. But they're still around, and they're still able to take pictures with you. And it is, it's the most magical place on earth. I was so grateful I was able to spend a couple days at Epcot Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios with Galaxy's Edge and Tower of Terror uh, and Rock and Roll Coaster and all that stuff. So if you want to see all the pictures and videos I took, they're all on my social media, DanLeach971 on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if anyone's got any you know questions and they're going with their family soon, please reach out to me on Twitter. I'll help you answer them because people help me, especially my friend Adam, really enjoy my time, maximize my time so much more than I would have been able to do it on my own because I hadn't been there in such a long time. And, uh, they, you know, once you figure out how to use the app and, and all that kind of stuff to book your experiences, it makes it so much more enjoyable. And, yeah, it can be a pain trying to book different rides at different times that you want them, but you still can do it. And the fact you can do that and you don't have to wait, it makes it so much better. And it's really not that much more expensive, 15 bucks. I mean, that's worth it for a full day or two, uh, you know, two or three days in multiple different parks. All right, I hope you did enjoy the journey. I sure did. And what a journey it was for the Michigan Wolverines football season. We'll have a lot more coming up with them. Can't wait to see what their futures odds will be. Their odds to win the Big Ten. We'll get to those as, as they're released on Bet Rivers. Uh, and, of course, a lot of big NFL Week 18 action in the playoffs right 
in the offing. We'll have uh, all my picks coming up in 8-1 uh, last week, 16-17 and 17 against the spread. We'll get all that on the Football Friday show tomorrow. Until then, thanks so much for listening. Please continue to rate and subscribe and share it with all the people out there. Keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream. The negative COVID testing squatch out. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.